Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we're going to talk with talented author Jessica Browner. This is a recorded conversation, so please don't call in. Here's Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sherry. It's so good to be back. I'm so happy to be chatting with you again. Me too. It's been a while. It has. Man, where has the time gone? Time flies. Tempest future. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I read books, huh? Um. <laughs> and that's a great day. I mean, that's why we're here today, sort of. Oh, that's true. Um... Are you reading? Is that part of what you're doing during our lockdown in the state of California? Well, um, I have to admit, normally I would be. Uh, I love to read. Um, you know, I read on average probably one to two books a week. But right now I've actually been totally 100% focused on releasing my new book, which is uh, a very time-intensive project, and it requires a lot of skills that uh, I've had to develop over the years. And so with that, then uh, I haven't been doing the reading because I've been working on getting this book finalized and out the door. So I'm very excited to say that it's coming soon. It'll be uh, released on April 17th. And so we're almost to the end of this part, and then I'll get to actually start reading books again. Yeah, it is really, people don't realize publishing, the writing part is fun. It, it, It can be difficult because of like errors and working with your editor and stuff like that but basically it's fun the publishing part is so hard <laughs> I have to agree with that I uh, I'm right now I'm looking at a, a proof copy of the book the the hard copy version of the book and if anybody actually saw this and thought that it was a regular book, not a proof copy, they would probably, like, draw and corner me for my poor treatment because uh, probably half the pages in it are dog-eared so that I know what pages need edits or changes or, you know, spacing. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that you have to look at, of course, is uh, what are called widow and orphan lines where, you know, you end up with a page that just has, like, one line at the top or the end of a sentence at the top, and you want to make sure it goes to the previous page uh, or at the bottom of the page where you have the same thing, where it's just the beginning of the sentence or just a little fragment of sentence that you want to push on to the next page. And uh, that's, that's proven to be a very interesting part of this whole process, uh, interesting in the, you know, I want to tear my hair out as I'm looking through these mm-hmm. changes that have to be made. I understand. When I did my um, memoir, I wanted, I knew exactly how I wanted it, and I wanted um, the pictures in the middle, and I wanted the descriptions under it, and I just, it just wouldn't work because the picture sizes just wouldn't work with a description, and I ended up having to put one description on the top, pointing to, you know, this one is the top, and this one's on the left, and the, 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 with little descriptions, which picture is there because it just it, it, there's so many different things when you're publishing a book that have um, uh, asterisks and, and little notes that you might have to put in. It's another problem. and It's just, there's a lot of things that people are totally are blasé about when you're a reader. 
but it's so important because you want everything to be real clear as a writer, whatever kind of writing you're doing. <laughs> that is so totally true. Uh, and it's the little finicky bits that really, um, you know, drive you crazy right at the end. You know, the, the book is written, all the text is there, it says what you wanted to say, and then you go through and you notice that the quotation marks are two different styles of quotation marks all throughout the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had that happen. Oh, I wanted to cry. <laughs> but, but this is why you get a proof copy. That's right. You know, this, is, this is the whole point of a proof copy, that and, of course, changing a little, or checking the cover and making sure that everything is correct on the cover itself. Uh, I have to say, the cover of this book, uh, the book is actually called uh, The First Sen. Um, <clears throat> it's a novel of the adventures of Captain Jack. And I am in love with this cover, um, and uh, I just I, there's a couple of finicky changes that have to be made before we can get the hard copy totally approved and ready to go. But uh, I think it really sort of captures the tone of the book, so I'm very happy about that. It's a very um, sexy cover. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the hard copy will be coming out by the end of the month. So I've got the Kindle version to release on the 17th, but... Um, you know, just a couple, like I said, a couple more changes on the hard version to before we can get that out to everybody. I think I've told you before, I I am a paperback or a hardcover, whatever kind. I like a book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can appreciate that. I also prefer having the physical copy to, to read and to carry around with me. Um, but I will say I travel quite a bit. And uh, when I'm traveling, it is easier to take, you know, just the iPad or the Kindle with me so that I can read it on that. But for when I'm at home reading, uh, when I just want to sit out on the porch and relax, it's uh, it's a physical copy all the way. Yeah. It's shelves and shelves of bookcases in my office. Um, and I probably need at least one more, given how many books are on the floor. Um, <laughs> uh, when my... Um my parents passed away, and when my dad died, there were a lot of duplicate books or books that I wasn't that interested in, and my brother didn't want, and my mom didn't want. So we gave those. We, you, my family, you never throw a book away, no matter what. So we gave them to the library, and then when my mom passed away, I got a lot of her books in the same process. But the thing is, is I moved in with my brother. And he doesn't have that many books. He has books, but he does the Kindle thing. So I have one, two, three bookshelves of my books. It's just my books from my mom and dad and me. And and it's still growing because I'm, I'm always buying books or getting books or something. <laughs> I have too many. <laughs> you can never have too many books. I know. <laughs> I have to say, one of my guilty pleasures, uh, well, I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure or not, but, um, you know, I, I travel a fair bit, and uh, with that, I'm going through airports a lot. Obviously not right now, we're all staying home right now, but, you know, when I was traveling a fair bit, and I buy books at airports. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy. I, every time I go through the airport, I buy a new book, and um, it's a really funny story. Uh, well, funny for me at any rate. Um the couple, I don't know, six months ago, eight months ago, I was going through the, you know, the airport, and I needed a book I stopped in, and I like Jim Butcher as an author, 
Um, I, I enjoy his writing quite a bit. And I was going through and I thought that was a Jim Butcher book out for the Dresden Files. So I've never actually read the Dresden Files. Like, I, I watched the TV show when it was out uh, however many eons ago, but I never actually read any of the books. So I picked up this book and I was like, huh, I wonder where this falls in the series. And I opened it up and, you know, was looking through the page where it tells you what books are in the series and this book wasn't listed. So I was like, oh, well, I guess this is the first book because it's not listed. I don't know entirely what my logic was, and for whatever reason, I didn't Google it, which is what I should have done. So I buy the book, and I read it, and like, and I'm going through it, and I'm like, this, this isn't making just a ton of sense, but I'm really enjoying the book, and you know, I can kind of figure out what's going on. And I realized I had inadvertently picked up the last book in the series, or the one that was last at that time. No! I'm like, okay, well, that, that, was, that was bizarre, but okay. So the next time I went through the airport, I was like, well, I want to see if I can find the first book in the series. And I was in a rush, so I went in and I basically followed the same process. You would have thought I would have learned the first time. And do you, did you Google? No, no, I didn't Google. Of course not. Because I was in a hurry and I was trying to go, you know, get to my get to my flight and get a book and all this stuff. And so I didn't Google and I uh, went and I looked and I picked up a book and I bought it and I read it and I was like, huh. And then I looked a little closer, and it turns out I had bought the one that happened just previous to the one I had just read. Oh no! <laughs> and I so you read it like backwards. Two more books, <laughs> and so I so far managed to read the Dresden Files backwards. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to correct this at some point and actually get the first book in the series and start and read up to the point I'm at now. Uh, but it has been a very interesting experience reading the series backwards. <laughs> that is so funny. I know, I know. I just, it's just like uh, the Lord Peter whimsy books. The first book I read was actually Strong Poison because I, I, I had seen the TV series. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize there was a whole huge series of books. And the most classic book was be- well before, which was Murder Must Advertise. And so... I read the those the four books, and then a, one of my friends who found out I, I had fallen in love with Peter and Harriet sent me another one, which is like a bunch of short stories with two more short stories about Peter and Harriet. And I asked her, I go, do you know if there are any more Peter Whimsy books? Because she was a big fan. She goes, Sherry, it's, they're, they're, he had a whole life before Harriet. Yes, there's lots of them. So I had, so I was like. I didn't read the series in any order. I would like, oh, okay, so I got Murder Must Advertise. I got Nine Tailors. I got them in all different. I didn't get them in any order. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But you enjoyed the series nonetheless, right? Oh, I loved it. I mean, most of the books were standalone, so it didn't matter. But um, except for those three, the um, which introduces Harriet um, Vane, but the other books weren't in any order except his age you know he's young he can jump off a fountain next one he's old and he's not not old but older and he's he's feeling his age and I'm like, that's all over the place oh man <laughs> really bad but then later, uh, I've read, read them several times, I did come to the point where, you know what, I'm going to start with 
Who's Body and read that first because that's the first book in the series. I'm going to start the whole thing from the beginning. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was that. If you if we want an orderly read, that was not one of them. Also, Agatha Christie. I've never read orderly. I've read every, all books all out of order. <laughs> I, I have read a little bit of Agatha Christie in my time, and I think that with hers now, it's okay to read them out of order. Mm-hmm. They're, they are fairly self-contained, uh, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but, uh, they are. But, you see, and I read the autobiography, and she talks about what was happening in her life as she was writing them. Oh, interesting. So then I'm like, oh, you know, I think I might want to, I might want to read as it happens, and then I go, oh, hell, and I just started at the beginning <laughs> with Murder at the Vicarage, not Murder at the Vicarage, the first Perot, um, A Ferret Styles, and then I just went all the way through for Perot, and then I went all the way through for Miss Marple. Well, the, uh, I haven't read the Miss Marple series. I would like to read those, because those look highly entertaining. They are. They are. And it's based on her, uh, um, I think it's her maternal grandmother. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, except she says she was an old maidy because she was a married woman, but <laughs> other than that, pretty much her grandmother. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I, uh, at, at this point in my career, of course, uh, if folks pick up my books in the wrong order, I've got two nonfiction and then this novel coming out, so they have nothing to do with one another. Um, but I do have, uh, in addition to the novel, there is a, a novella that I put out several years ago called Sapphire Eyes Are Smiling that is set uh, with the same captain and the same crew as the first sin. Uh, this is a little standalone uh, novella that people could read. Um, and uh, it, is, it is actually referenced in the novel, but only very briefly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so always a, interesting. A little Easter egg for folks who've read it. <laughs> And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, now I get that. <laughs> but, yeah, it is interesting. Um, my books are all standalone. I'm actually working on my very, very first series. Cool. What's it, uh, what's it going to be about? Um, it's a YA uh, based on when I was nine years old, and I was a new kid, and we moved a lot. But this one was outside the state of California, and it was very strange <laughs> to be, uh, they, they said, okay, I had dark hair and very fair skin, so they said, you can't be a Californian, all Californians are blonde hair and a tan, <laughs> and that was the first thing they said to me when they met me, <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, and also the other thing that was based on my actual life was uh, when we moved there, there was a creek right across from our house, and we explored the creek, and a lot of the creek that I remember from when I was a little girl is in the book. It's almost exactly the creek that I grew up across the uh, street from, is the, the whole thing. In fact, I was so exacting when... The, my friend did the um, illustrations. She said, well, do you have any pictures of it? I go, no, I wasn't even supposed to be playing in there. Of course I don't have pictures of it. <laughs> Isn't it funny how 
things that we've encountered in our life make our way make their way into our books. Mm-hmm. Um, the the book that I'm releasing, the first sin is uh, the main character is French, and that is actually born of the fact that when I was in high school, I spent uh, a year living in France as an exchange student, and so I got to travel. You know, I got to travel all over France and uh, really experience the culture there. And so uh, that's one reason why, uh, when I chose to write this book, you know, that's why I said it there, because I had been to these places, I know what uh, some of these areas look like, and and with that, you know, I can extrapolate what they they may have looked like, you know, back in the 18th century. And, you know, when you visit Europe, of course, you can see stuff that is old enough to, uh, that was built, you know, in the 17th, 18th century, so you can actually see it. And it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so that is one reason why I said in France, because I felt comfortable with that area and being able to describe that area, even though, you know, I haven't been back uh, in several years at this point. It is weird because I, um, I've been to Europe once my whole life. I went to England and France, and um, I loved it. I loved England a lot. And... I went to Bath. One of the reasons I went to Bath is because I had read so much about Bath and Jane Austen and Agatha Christie. And I'm expecting this small town, this little hamlet. And it is huge. It's like Los Angeles. It's humongous. <laughs> oh, wow. Admittedly, I have not been to Bath, but having, you know, also read some Jane Austen and some other books where they're set there, I would have thought it was small as well. Well, when you're, uh, I was in a bus, I was on a bus tour, and the bus was in, going through some hills, and I said, um, you know, because there was no sign, but it was like, you know, churches and houses and all kinds of stuff, so I said, what, what, are we in a little town, or where, he goes, no, we're in Bath. I said, what? And he goes, yeah, but this doesn't look anything like Bath. He goes, no, no, the Bath you're thinking of is the main city, and that's another 10 kilometers. And I'm like, oh, and is this a suburb? Yeah, basically. And I'm going, oh, it's L.A. (laughs) (laughs) He started laughing. I was right behind him, so that's why I could talk to him. because when we went to the bath and you know in California I, I was studying archaeology and in California our, we ha- the only ancient stuff we have for relics is our first uh, people stuff which is great but even that doesn't go as far back as like the Romans or the Celts to see the stuff in the Romans, walk where Romans were, or walk where the Celts were, it was like gloriosity. <laughs> no, I mean, and you're absolutely right. When I was living in France, one of the cool places, or one of the cool things that uh, about the city that I was living in was that it actually had, uh, the like the Roman road was actually still there. Mm-hmm. You could walk along the Roman road um, you know, that had been there for centuries, and it was part of the, you know, the old village, the old town. Um, but, 
uh, you could see that. You could see part portions of the Roman wall that they had in that area. Um, the aqueducts. Uh, yeah, yeah, some of the aqueducts. And then, of course, you know, moving into the more modern times of the 17th and 18th centuries, they still had buildings for that as well. So just seeing the history, you know, move up through the ages, uh, all in one city, it was just really cool. It um, is. It, and watching, like in London itself, seeing all the different periods all merged together, and and every and having respect for the old stuff as well as the new and everything seems to work with each other. And they're like, well, that's something that's not going to happen in California. You know, at the time I was an aunt living in LA, I said, that's not a thing that's not going to happen in LA. <laughs> Granted, in LA, we've got to worry about earthquakes where all the buildings fall down. So well, that's true. But yeah, that's true. We can't help that. But I'm not talking about big ones. I'm just talking about old architecture and new architecture all mixed up with each other it's, and having being respected. Yeah, yeah. There, this. Uh, I think the. Well, you can still find some of the missions here, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you look really hard, you can find you know architecture from the. Uh, what is it like the 40s and the 50s is still pretty prevalent uh, in some of the areas in the housing but uh, then after that it becomes very modern yep. um, um, you know and Las Feliz in LA also has a lot of stuff from the 20s and some oh, stuff cool. in, and in Beverly Hills too they still have some stuff from the 20s not much and, and only in the flats not in okay. not like in Bel Air and stuff. They in Bel Air they knocked down they knocked down Charlie Chaplin's house and studio. I mean, really, they they, they history they couldn't give a darn. <laughs> well, <laughs> luckily they can recreate a lot of it in the movies, even if we can't see it uh, in person anymore. But yeah, the the architecture of the different areas that I've lived in has been really interesting. You know, I've lived. Uh, actually, I guess I've lived all over the world. I've lived in, in Europe. I lived in Asia for a while. I've lived in several different places in the United States. And each one has such a different flavor and feeling to it um, that's really brought out by the architecture and the history of the place itself and the, the things that, uh, you know, caused that architecture to be built. I don't know if that makes sense. But, um, I mean, it's just, the world is just a fascinating place. You know, with uh, when I was in uh, Central Asia, um, you know, it was a very rural area, very former. It was former Soviet at the time that I was living there. Um, had just had just broken from the Soviet Union, maybe ten years before I was out there. And so, out in that area, uh, we had a lot of Soviet era buildings, um, and then very few ancient or historic sites because they had been uh, knocked down um, and the few that remained uh, were very hard to get to and that's one reason why they were still there wow. um, <laughs> but uh, that's one of the one of the fascinating things about moving around you know quite a bit is that you get to see these different the different feelings of the different areas of the world and uh, and how the people are different and the cultures differ and how they're the same you know um, it's uh, it's one of the things that I have enjoyed uh, with my various travels, for sure. And I anticipate that a lot of that will make it into 
uh, some of the upcoming books that I have uh, that are going to be following along in the series. Um, I don't know if I should say this, but uh, the I, I intend for this crew to visit every continent in the world before I'm done. So okay, that's that's a good challenge. <laughs> my my. Uh, my, my selfish hope is that, uh, to some extent, I can do that as well so that, um, you know, when I'm writing these, it can be not just from research, that it can be from some in-person experiences, uh, you know, which would, of course, allow for some more travel on my part. <laughs> Speaking of that, how are you doing with the, um, the lockdown? Huh. Uh, it's been very interesting. Um, so I am fortunate enough in that uh, I, I work for a technology company and they do allow me to work from home. So I am still uh, able to work um, while at the same time pursuing my writing. And so that's good. Uh, prior to the lockdown, I was traveling quite a bit, uh, hence the buying books in um, backwards in airports and backwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, but no, it's been it's been very interesting. Um, I have not left my house in two weeks at this point. Um, and prior to that, uh, I, I left basically in the past month. I have left my house once, and that was to go buy groceries because I did finally need to make a grocery run. Um, and so it's been very entertaining. Um, I'm here with me and uh, my cat and the dog and my boyfriend, and luckily we all get along great. Um, but there have been, uh, certainly if you follow either me or my boyfriend on Facebook, then uh, you will see some of the silliness that has ensued. Um, <laughs> I got a package of 1,500 googly eyes today from Amazon, <laughs> so uh, there will be googly eye silliness coming up. <laughs> um, and, and so it's been, it's been very interesting. I will say that there are some things, some unexpected things. Uh, I am cooking a lot more and um, playing the game of what can I make with what's in the pantry <laughs> and coming up with some very creative uh, creative things. Now, I like to cook. I, I'm, I like to consider myself a fairly good cook, uh, so I keep a fairly well-stocked pantry to begin with. But uh, over the weekend, as an example, I made uh, blueberry crepes, which were totally delicious. Um, and then as a counterpoint to that, I made some um, uh, crab shrimp uh, Thai soup, uh, Thai style soup, I should say, uh, that was also very good. So, so playing, playing what can we make out of the pantry is, is very fun, um, but I am hoping that my Instacart order will get here. Uh, I did order from Instacart. I put my order in two days ago. And they said um, it'll be here sometime this week. Now I'm still, you know, uh, reasonably well stocked, so I'm not going to be starving anytime soon. But I am hoping that the Instacart worker does come in. When I went and checked um, yesterday, uh, no, two days ago, when I checked, it said it would be here by Friday. When I checked yesterday, it said it would be here by Saturday. I'm a little afraid to check it today, but, you know, just bless those people who are doing the actual shopping. Uh, you know, because I know that this is a dangerous time to be out and about, so I will be tipping them well. Um, yeah. So, uh, in addition to that, you know, I have worked a lot with uh, musicians and comics and uh, whatnot in, throughout my career. And so my Facebook is full of all of these musicians who are live streaming events. 
And so I think twice in the past couple of weeks we've got we've watched uh, live stream concerts from um, from various musicians, and uh, and it's great. I mean, you know, a lot of these musicians, uh, particularly entertainers, are set up right now. You know, the way that their business works, they get paid by going out and being in the world and uh, you know doing gigs, and they're not getting that right now. So they're doing these Facebook live events, which is fantastic for those of us stuck at home, but it really would help them out if you're, you know, watching any of the events, just throw some money in their tip jar, because that is, you know, their, in this case, their electronic tip jar, that is how they make their money, they got to pay their bills too. Uh, and then, I think the other entertaining thing that I've done is, I guess a couple nights ago, one of my friends is, uh, or one of the, one of the folks I know, is a comic, and uh, he worked with a couple of other comics, and they set up a live stream uh, comedy club in your living room kind of thing using uh, Zoom. And in his case, you bought your tickets in advance. They weren't terribly expensive, and they would send you a Zoom link so that you could log into the Zoom and watch a live comedy show from your from your living room. And it was great. We, you know, we did like you know, finger foods that you'd get at a comedy club and. Uh, you know, which is to say they were okay, not great, not too bad, but uh, more expensive than they probably should be. Um, and uh, so we sat and we, we ate our finger foods and watched a live comedy show via uh, Zoom, which is fantastic. So we're keeping busy. And then, of course, uh, you know, I'm working on um, all the marketing for the book and, you know, making sure that that gets out there and finishing up edits and everything. So it's been a pretty busy quarantine, i got to say. <laughs> I know. I, I was trying to explain that to someone the other day. They said, "Aren't you bored? I'm so bored. I just don't." I go, "Are you kidding? I've never been so busy in my life. <laughs> really busy. I'm not bored at all." And they said, "How do?" I go, "But you understand. Have to understand. I have stuff I do. I mean, I interview people. I do radio plays." I, and this is all my own thing, and I write my books, and I work on my articles. I mean, I'm just busy doing the stuff that I always do, but I'm doing it while I'm in the lockdown. Does that make any sense, or did I just sound ridiculous? <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to vary from, from person to person, too. You know, uh, different people handle... This, this stay-at-home situation differently. I know it causes a lot of anxiety. It does. Um, and I, I keep seeing this, these memes go around, and I, I I both love and hate them at the same time, where it points out that, like, Isaac Newton invented calculus during the plague when he was on lockdown, and then Shakespeare wrote, you know, uh, one of his best plays when he was, you know, forced into quarantine. And, you know, they, they assume that... Um, you know, that if you don't come out of quarantine with having done this, this very deep, mentally challenging work, that you're a failure. And that's not true. And that's not that's fair. That's not true because, A, people deal with the high levels of anxiety going around in much different manners. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, I, that I'm a little annoyed at my friends that are sharing those memes uh, because... No, it's it's totally okay if you come out of quarantine without having created the next great American play. Um, if you can create the great, next great American play during quarantine, great, good for you. But you're not a failure if you can't. I, so. I, I've been 
I've been so silly. I've been sharing stuff like classic scenes from like um, Gene Kelly dancing and uh, on on roller skates or Lucy um, from I Love Lucy. Um, you know, uh, talking about the chocolate factory or Lucy Arnaz doing the thing on Will and Grace. I mean, funny stuff. I mean, people don't need the drama right now. <laughs> that, that is definitely true. We do not need more drama in our lives, uh, given all of the uh, drama that is right outside our window, you know, on the news, anytime we open the news. It's, it's just not healthy. Um, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of, uh, that a lot of the people that I know, you know, they've, they've started socially distancing themselves from the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing, I've been doing that here. for quite a while, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do read the news, but I refuse to read it on, like, Google or Yahoo or any of those things because they're just... It's always bad. It's always horrible. It's always something... The world's coming apart. We're all going to fall and die. Um, it's the apocalypse. And I'm tired of it. I'm, I, I mean, I can understand why during World War II the musical was so popular. I, you know, why people pay... Or during the Depression, the musical was also popular. They paid their uh, 10 or 15 cents that gave them to be able to go into the theater all day and just escape into the movies. I mean, I understand that because you need it. You need that joy. Because mm -hmm. it's really difficult right now. I I would have to agree. Um, you know, that's one reason why I got Disney Plus right as soon as we started uh, all of this because, uh, well, I wanted to watch The Mandalorian and, you know, join all my friends in that. But also, you know, Disney movies right now are, you know, the kind of nice light kind of thing that I want to watch. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, I've watched probably more Disney movies in the past month than I have in the past, I don't know, year before that. <laughs> I love Disney movies. Oh, you do. I, I, I think you know. I'm like a weird adult who still has all the DVDs, and I even have the VHSs that were packed in those nice, long, big, uh, beautiful boxes that the Disney VHSs came out in. I have all of them. It's in my bookshelf. <laughs> Very cool. I know. But I'm like, I'm an adult. I don't have children, but I have them all. What does that mean? <laughs> that means that you enjoy a good musical. That's true. I do. I do. Um, so we're coming to the end. Um, so I'd like you to, um, first, you have an event coming up that you'd like to talk about? I do, actually, yes. Tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Pacific, um, I will be hosting a, a live uh, virtual, so via my Facebook page, uh, reading from my book as well as a pre-release party where you guys can ask questions or join in and hear some passages from the book. Uh, the pre-order uh, is, the book is available for pre-order right now on uh, Amazon Kindle and uh, will be live on the 17th. So get your pre-orders and we will uh, do some readings from the book tomorrow evening so you can kind of see what's coming and uh, it'll be super fun. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. 
is, uh, it's going to be on your Facebook. What is uh, the link, or is there a, a way that they can find it from, you know? Oh, uh, Facebook.com slash J.A. Bronner. That's B-R-A-W-N-E-R. And uh, what is your um, websites and the uh, Instagram and all those good things that people need so they can get in touch with you? Well, uh, the website is very easy. It's jessicabronner.com. And then on uh, Facebook and Twitter, it's both, it's J.A. Bronner on both Facebook and Twitter. And then Instagram is J.A. Bronner with a little underscore at the end because, well, somebody stole J.A. Bronner. So <laughs> J.A. Bronner uh, underscore for Instagram. Okay. Um, well, I'm new to Instagram. Don't judge. No, I'm not. I wouldn't. Uh, my I have two Instagrams. One's my very serious writing Instagram, and my other is my I'll do what my chatting. Everything is in there. My I have pictures of my cat. Uh, <laughs> what book am I reading? Everything's there. So, <laughs> and I'm a terrible photographer on top of it. <laughs> but it's fun. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, thank you so much for coming on. I, I know you're busy with your pre-production of your book and everything. I really, really uh, appreciate your time. I very much appreciate you having me back on the show, Sherry. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been really fun. Uh, hopefully I can join you again at some point in the future, and uh, hopefully I'll see all of you tomorrow at the Facebook Live event. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thank <laughs> you.